0: Welcome to The Next Generation. Stay in the Loot with Lucy, a series of podcasts that introduce you to people who are willing to make a difference. Perhaps they will tell us about the service they run or a book they've written. Sometimes they will simply tell us about their life. May I introduce you to Jodie Leanne Matthews? a woman who has written a book and has a blog dedicated to her son Hamish who was stillborn on the 10th of September 2017. Today, Jody shares her experience with us so she could support others who may have experienced similar losses and simply to bring more understanding to situations that perhaps we feel ill-equipped to manage when it comes to supporting another through grief and loss.
1: My name is Jodie Matthews, Um, I live on the north shore of Sydney and I've always grown up around here, I actually grew up in Borough. I I spent many years working hard in the corporate world, working my way up the ladder in finance and um, about 16 months ago I left my job because I was going on maternity leave. Um, After many years of working hard I I had um, you know really look forward to having this time off with my little bob and um I was 39 weeks pregnant with my son Hamish and unfortunately he was stillborn um due to a cord accident so he was wrapped in the umbilical cord and um yeah so obviously my journey to motherhood was not a normal one <laughs> um I was well looked after in hospital when my husband's amazing support and we had so much love around us and um, I took my maternity leave and actually decided to quit my job. And I guess I've spent the last 16 months since Hamish like left just trying to rebuild my life, I guess. And, you know, go through all of the ups and downs of grief and um, I'm actually pregnant again with our second child and I'm just over 35 weeks now so it's like um, going through a whole nother roller coaster now <laughs> um, but just so excited to meet this little one and um, yeah so I like I have spent the last 16 months writing, blogging, Um, I studied life coaching before I actually had Hamish and I um, was really interested in teaching meditation and I've kind of left my corporate finance career on hold or behind that for now and I've been focusing on really um, centering myself. I did my teacher training for meditation and I started teaching classes and I also have done some coaching work in the last year and um, I also wrote a book which I can talk to you about as well, about um, navigating through baby loss, which is not really a how to grieve guide, but more of a this is how I've been through it. And I also interviewed seven other families that have also been through a similar kind of loss. So, yeah, that's my story so far in a nutshell. <laughs> With your book, did you yeah.
0: find that it was quite cathartic to work with other parents who'd experienced similar losses
1: yeah it definitely was um as soon as we left the hospital so we're in i had him on the saturday it was the 10th of september 2017 um 6 p.m i had him and then we stayed in hospital until the wednesday um we got to say goodbye properly and then um we had his funeral that day on the wednesday and then we went home and then coming home to an empty house with no one in it and just my, my husband and myself was so hard and just felt very alone. And um, for the weeks after, it was really tough until I joined a support group in our local area um, and met a whole bunch of parents that had been through the same kind of thing. And meeting those other that had gone through what we had just made us feel so much better. Like even though it was heartbreaking to hear their story, it was also so comforting because we weren't alone in this journey because when you're pregnant, obviously I had friends that were pregnant at the same time as me. I had um, my sister was actually um, six months pregnant as well. And, you know, you expect to be part of this motherhood community once you have your baby and then when you lose them, it's like you're all alone. And having that other, you know, parents that had been through that come around us was like really great. And they all supported me. So I met some people online through, um, through Instagram, through, um, like writing my blog. I met people, um, face-to-face obviously through, um, the support group. And that's how I kind of ended up interviewing all these different families. So a couple of them from overseas, a couple from Melbourne, and then the rest are from Sydney from my support group. I had a blog before this um, that I'd written for a few years that was more about my journey in minimalism and financial freedom and a few other things, lifestyle and things. But then after I had Hamish, it just was like so strong to say like, you just need to write through your grief. And it was more like a daily journal. So I wrote every single day for a year. Um, a blog post. Um, I think I don't know how many thousands of words, many thousands. Um, I I just wrote from my heart every day and just kind of um, talked about my experience, how I was feeling, where I was at. Um, some days were easier than others, you know. It's just um, I just wanted to share the grief journey because I think. Not anyone, like, especially for my friends and family, no one could really understand what exactly what I was going through. But as I wrote each day, a lot of them were kind of reading it and could understand where I was at. And, and then other parents that were going through the same thing were also reading my blog. And even some people that had lost children many, many years ago um, started reading my blog and, you know, said that they were kind of going on this grief journey with me Um, which was really special because it started as more of a thing for me to, I guess, express myself, but also, um, you know, honour Hamish and his legacy Mm. because I know that um, it's like that's how the book, I guess, came about because as soon as I had him, I just wanted to be the best mother I could be and um, because I couldn't physically be a mother. I had to learn how I could... Um, mother in different ways and share things and help other people through what I was going through and you know leave a legacy for Hamish as well.
0: I love one of your blog posts which is on his birthday you you were looking forward to his birthday party today and it's such a celebration you know that you've, you've mm-hmm. done a cake and you mention in it that you and Greg are closer than you've ever been and that's that's thanks to Hamish yeah and and yet I guess um, my perception is that when families go something very traumatic like the loss of a child, sometimes it can completely tear the family apart and what yeah. I'm what I've learned a little bit from from you is that if you are willing to communicate how you're feeling on that intimate and fragile la- layer and yeah. level, you're far more likely to bring, others around you with you rather than isolate yourself and, and end relationships.
1: Yeah, I think um, being vulnerable and open was the best thing I could have done um, because it allowed others to support me and it, and it also allowed Greg to understand what I was going through as well and I think we had our ups and downs and it was, wasn't easy and there was definitely times where um, things were really hard but I think we were both so committed to each other and also growing. And I think obviously there's all different stages of grief and there's, um, we all went through it. We kind of, even though we're to, you know, we're together going through at the same time, we're both experiencing completely different things until, um, I think we got to about February this year and we felt like, I don't know, we were back on track, I guess. And, Mm. I think for Greg, he felt really angry at first because he couldn't fix it, couldn't do anything to change what had happened, and and um, and he, he kind of had to let that go. Um, and we spent some time in Thailand, actually, at the beginning of the year, which was really amazing, and it was just nice to have time for ourselves to get away from everything. And, you know, we really were committed to making it work and, you know, Obviously, this little soul that's come to join us now is, um, you know, going to be another part of our family. So, yeah, it's really special that we have been able to, you know, um, band together and actually it's brought us closer.
0: It sounds like you made a commitment to each other and then the soul was able to say, okay, I can come into that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Your body's ready for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think sometimes we think that a baby's going to fix the problem, but Mm. actually you've fixed the problem. You're not waiting for a baby to fix you. You wanted to do that first.
1: Yeah, and I mean, of course, we wanted to be pregnant. Like, as soon as you lose a child, you just want to be pregnant again, and it's nothing to do with, like, not grieving, grieving their loss, but you just have that yearning to be a mother and it was hard like being patient and going okay well I need to actually be mentally and emotionally and physically in the right place before I fall pregnant again um and knowing that I had to work on myself and just take that time out and you know it does take its physical toll on you I was nine months pregnant it's not like I um you know, like, and then I went into the world the next day without my child, and it's very hard to, um, you know, normally postpartum, most mothers are at home for, you know, a few months just feeding and looking after their child and sleeping with their child and just resting and trying to get by, whereas I was just like a week later trying to walk, you know, five Ks a day and get out there and get my body back and just feel like. I just tried to get on with things, whereas um, I didn't get that recovery time that you'd normally have, Mm. I think. But I needed to, it wasn't until probably three or four months later that I needed to just slow down and just um, give myself that time. So, yeah.
0: May I ask, how was it with people who maybe didn't know initially what you'd gone through with them knowing seeing you pregnant and then assuming that when you weren't pregnant anymore you had a baby how were those conversations
1: yeah they were awkward um I mean I because I was so open on social media most people that knew me kind of knew that what had happened but you know there was always people (laughs) that I know in my community or I go to the local shops and um one of my old colleagues ran up to me and he's like where's the baby and I was just like my face just dropped and I just said, you know, told him that um, Hamish had passed away and he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like no one wants to upset you and all that stuff, but um, it was hard. There Mm. were definitely a few moments like that, actually. Um, It was mainly walking through the shops and seeing someone that I know that hadn't heard the news and it was just, yeah, it was – It was hard, and I did have a lot of social anxiety for the first few months because not only is it awkward when you see someone that you haven't seen and that doesn't know, but also when you see people that do know and they look at you and they just um, kind of feel sorry for you, obviously, for what's happened, but it's like um, I didn't know what to say and I, I found it very hard to... Um, like the emotions were just on the surface. Like I would cry in an instant, like so many things would trigger me. Like I would leave the house and go past the primary school that he would have gone to, or I would walk past, um, you know, just any little thing that could have triggered me. I would think about pushing his pram, you know, I had all his things at home and all that stuff. So there was just in those first few months after, it was just so many thing, little things that would trigger, it was hard to go out. And I went back to my old work a few months later and um, saw everyone and said hello, and I just broke down and ended up crying for so long because I just couldn't keep it together. But mm-hmm. I guess I learnt from – I had been very tough before that, and I had been one of those people that had always kept my emotions intact and never really – like cried in front of people or shown any kind of vulnerability like in that way and it just totally changed after Hamish I just I would cry at the drop of a hat and I just kind of realized I didn't need to be this strong person that wore this armor and walked around like really strong all the time it was actually okay to cry.
0: What a beautiful reflection you're going to offer to your next baby uh, because you won't expect them to be tough and to go out into the world and know all the answers, and you'll give them permission to step outside the norm of society, perhaps, and, and allow themselves to be fragile.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think I've learned so much about life since Hamish. You know, I thought I knew a thing or two, <laughs> but then after having him, he's like being my biggest teacher, and you know. Um, I used to think, yeah, crying was a weakness, and it, you would show weakness if you if you cried. And I'm um, like, it's actually a strength. that actually shows how strong you are um, if you can actually be vulnerable in front of people and show a bit of emotion and and not keep it all in.
0: It's something that um, in the workplace, mental health is seen as um, a real weakness. But actually, as you say, the honesty that you can bring to a conversation or perhaps we will, as a society, have to be more aware of the way we speak to each other that could be hurtful, that could be unkind. So that actually, it's not that we're um, tiptoeing around everybody, but we actually just treat each other with kindness.
1: Yeah. I definitely agree with that because, um, yeah, you never know what people are going through and all we can do is be kind to each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'd love to tease out sympathy if that's okay because I can imagine that you, as well as a lot of the people you interviewed, had opinions on other people's sympathy and how that felt. Not only were you dealing with how you were feeling, but you could feel this this sympathy coming from other people which might have been meant in the most uh, wonderful way but just felt quite yuck as well?
1: Yeah, I mean I think um, generally family and friends and the support they give is amazing and everyone that I interviewed in, in our own family, like we just had, we really appreciated all the love and support that we got from everyone. It was I think it's just, I think when you have expectations of people, that's when it you, you kind of get let down a bit when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't think the sympathy doesn't feel icky. It's more, um, I think when I was going out and seeing people, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want people to treat me differently. Like I just wanted people to be normal with me,
0: Yeah, you know what
1: I mean. Yeah. Like I you know um but I also wanted people to remember Hamish and say his name and uh, bring him up in conversation or you know I really loved it when people told me um stories like you know um Hamish made me you know a bit closer to my kids and when I read them stories at night and put them to bed I think of Hamish because I just am more grateful for the time I spend with my family and things like that um those kind of things are really special.
0: I love the idea of Hamish joining in the family <laughs> bedtime reading yeah. too. That's rather lovely. Yes, yeah. I, I thank you for that clarification because you're right. Um, sympathy comes from from someone feeling inadequately prepared for the conversation, isn't it? And they <laughs> they think that they think about themselves and how they would have handled that situation, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe um, asking you. And, and actually clocking that that really you want to be treated very normally and very and are very happy to have the conversation about mm. him we talk about him
1: yeah I think where it becomes difficult is when people um when I felt bad for how people would react you know I would tell them what had happened and, and I would try and appease them and try and make them feel better and like it's it's an awkward conversation to have. I even had it on the weekend. I went to a women's circle and I only knew what one friend there and they all asked me, Oh, is this your first? And it's like, no, it's actually my second child. But my son is up, um, you know, he's up in the sky somewhere and he is, um, you know, my guardian angel and, and just telling them my story. I don't want people to go, Oh, I just want them to take more like, I guess, straight from Hamish and just in that he is, um, you know, I do believe with all my heart and soul that, you know, his path was what it was and there was nothing we could do to change that. And, um, there was no medical intervention that could have been done. Like at the end of the day, he left very peacefully. Um, and you know, I was having weekly checkups up to the end of my pregnancy. So, and there was never any, I guess, there wasn't any big warning signs, so there was nothing that we could have done. So mm-hmm. I just believe that um, sometimes um, babies have to go, and they're not quite ready for this world. So yeah,
0: it's the most peaceful way to view it, isn't it? They're not quite ready. So, yeah. the, the, you know, the, you just you just love them, and and as you say, you celebrate the. the the knowing that he had perhaps to go when he did rather than to to fight what wasn't quite ready yeah you're approaching the birth of your second child now and are they going to medically approach it differently are you going to medically approach it differently
1: um not too much different like I mean I guess the only main thing is I guess there's a lot of anxiety (laughs) around it and just getting to the end and obviously having our little one and holding them in our arms all healthy and everything. I guess the biggest thing is just monitoring growth, making sure that our little one's growing well and um, we've just had a few extra scans and we've got a really great obstetrician and um, we've got some really good people around us and at the end of the day, if I ever feel like something's not right, they like go to the hospital yes um and they like my doctor said to me last week she said your intuition is the best source of you know knowing what's going on and it's monitoring the movements i'm definitely more connected in monitoring what movements i get all day long and all the kicks and things and just knowing that um i can feel Bob moving each every few hours because one thing I didn't know in my previous pregnancy that a baby only sleeps for about 90 minutes at a time. So within every two hour period, you should feel a baby move, kick, wriggle, whatever. Um So it's just knowing a few more things around how to monitor the pregnancy. But the day that I found out I was pregnant with this little one, I had an overwhelming sense of just peace and just knowing that like Bob was going to be okay. I was going to get through this. We were going to bring our little baby home this time and things were going to be different. I just, that's what my intuition told me. And I've kept tuning back into that each time, you know, and just keep trusting uh, because that's all I can do. You have to surrender, um, you can have a checkup every week and things still can go wrong so we're just doing everything we can you know
0: (laughs) and you used a key word there which I is is my absolute favorite word for for one of the ways that uh, we should live our lives and that's surrender yeah surrender it's a big one (laughs) yeah well you know we're held by a wisdom that is far greater than our our human mind in a way you know with there are so many things that happen that are uh, that are only explained by something bigger than us like the tides the the way nature grows without any human intervention whatsoever it's just you know we there is so much out there that is bigger than what we can control so surrendering to what we can't control can't change is and can I and, and in in birth it actually relaxes all the muscles so very very wise choice (laughs) yeah
1: I mean um that was also another thing I was the biggest control freak before Hamish like I had to have control of everything I wanted everything to be perfect you know Uh, and after him after he came along and when, when the doctor stood next to me and said, you're going to have to give birth, you know, we found out that he didn't have a heartbeat. And then she said, well, the best thing is to give, go through a natural birth. And I just I just looked at her and I was like, I can't believe you're telling me this. Like, I just want a C-section, just get him out. And they're like, no, like, think of your future children. Think of future pregnancies. It'll make it even more high risk if you go that path. And And I just did have to surrender in that moment and just say, okay, well, I'm just gonna you know do this for Hamish and do this for my future children. and and then it was like pretty much every day after that, it was like you can't control anything in your life. you uh, you can you can wrap yourself in cotton wool as much as you like, but things can always happen and we we just have to be open to, you know, um, obviously, Um, lots of amazing things can happen too but it's like you just have to be open and resilient and and just surrender and know that um you know not everything that happens to us like usually um there is always things that happen for us like even though losing Hamish was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life it was also the biggest blessing so it's it's just and it's crazy that I'm saying that because it's like it was so tough, but he has brought so much light into my life. Yeah.
0: Jodie, have an amazing next few weeks. I look forward to <laughs> hearing that you have welcomed your next little bug into the world. Thank and you. We will look forward to catching up with you after and, and hearing how how those first few weeks have gone.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. It was so nice to talk to you today. And I just, yeah, I'm really glad that we could have this conversation and, um, yeah, that I could share my story. So thank you.
0: You're most welcome. Now, how can people
1: find your blog? Okay, so my blog is Iamstillborn.com. And on that blog is all my blog posts through my grief journey. And there's also a link to the ebook that I have um, for download. So if anyone you know that's been through um, baby loss, stillbirth, even miscarriage, I think they could get something out of this book. Um, and it's a free download. I've just gifted it. And um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Jodie Leanne Matthews. So if you want to keep up with my baby journey there, you can.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm. I'm itching to, to keep in touch and hear your next steps.
1: Great, thanks so much.